Hey y'all. Hey y'all. Welcome back. Yes. I'm so excited. But yes, I'm Mariah. And I'm Rotidzo. And you're listening to Hella Foreign. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where you get to hear a different perspective. Yes. Happy Monday, everyone. Yes. Happy Monday. And happy uh, Saturday to you, sis. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. In real time, it is Saturday. Yes. Um, so beautiful outside. Hella hot. But um, yes, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Been a short week, at, you know, because of the holiday on Monday, which is always great. So I'm glad it's the weekend again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Same <same-sies. laughs> Um, But yes, I am excited about this conversation um today coming (laughs) yes it's been a long time coming but today we're actually gonna be talking about african americans and africans and this like hidden feud that's been around in the in the communities um yeah the stigma that's going on and some people have no idea what we're talking about um and some do so i think this would be a fun little (laughs) fun little topic just to break down some of the the different perspectives on each spectrum yeah um, of the argument yeah so yes we're just gonna jump right in and get started um we're going to start off as to the end goal of the conversation why are we talking about this why is this relevant yeah um i think um at the end of the day like we're all black you know what I mean? Whether you're African, whether you're African-American, whether you're British, whatever blackness you are, we're still black at the end of the day. And um, it's painful to see that there's not that set of unity between the two sides. Um, and we have to remember that at the end of the day, we have to work together to build a stronger community and a huge sense of unity because of that. Um, because I feel like from the outside of the community, and you probably agree too, is that everybody sees us as all black, you know? Right. The color of our skin, that is. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, so whether you're from Africa, whether you're from here, you're still black at the end of the day. And especially in America, you're most likely going to be treated exactly the same way by society. In some environments. In but some we'll environments. get deeper yes. yeah, into that. Yes. For sure. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's just interesting because um, I was just telling Ratizzo the other day that I had like a lift ride from the driver who happened to be from Senegal. Oh, yeah. And, um, and yeah, so we were just having, you know, just a brief little conversation, like, oh, what you up to? Boop, do a boop. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I found out who was from Senegal, I was like, oh, so do you plan on staying here? Do you enjoy it? And he immediately was like, nah, um, I've been here too long. Mm. I'm ready to go. I'm just saving up a little more um, monies to bring it back home. Um, but he was just so quick to say that there's nothing out here for us anymore or as much. Mm. And that like the black community is so different and that, and he just started to list off some of the things that we're going to get deeper into. But to me, it's just so interesting. Like, oh, so you just had this on your chest. You was ready to go. He was ready to spill it out. And he was black and he was like. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. I think it would be cool to just jump into sharing what are some examples of of this feud that we see in society. Yeah, I think um, 
for me, I've uh, heard a few stories about it in the workplace. And my personal opinion in this matter is that I think it affects men more than it does women. I think African women. Yeah, I think African women are generally by and large regarded as African queens, whether, you know, especially in the black community, like black men love African African women. It's like you're the queen, you come from the motherland. Mm-hmm. But when you, however, when you're talking about male to male, both the African and African-American side, to me, that's where I f- kind of I see more of the tension. Maybe it's a testosterone thing. I don't know. But okay. um, <laughs> in the workplace, for example, um, I have a friend of mine who works in the finance sector. Okay. Um. And, you know, he's he's experienced this uh, by and large where Africans are generally regarded as smarter in the corporate workplace or even like, you know, universities, you hear, oh, there's an African, oh, they're really smart. And mm-hmm. so African-Americans sometimes feel threatened by that or like you're coming to my country to take my opportunity. And, you know, if the world already sees Africans as being smarter and then we know the world over here in America see, you know, blacks to be lazy Mm-hmm. Um, we're seen to be people who complain too much. Um, you know, we always want to blame everybody for everything. Um, you know, ghetto and those kind of stereotypes that are not entirely true about the black community at all. Um, but that's what society, you know, makes Portrays. us to be. So yeah. then you put African who's regarded as being hardworking and African American who's regarded to be lazier. It's like, who do you think is going to be favored in the workplace? Kind true. of thing. If it comes down to that. Um, and that's one of the, one of the examples I've heard at least in the finance sector uh, with a fr- from a friend of mine who's African. Um, and not to say that I agree with that, but that's that's an example. Yeah, I would I would have to agree to especially the sort of the points you were saying it just about you know being loud or not being as professional or conservative yeah. in in the workplace. Yeah. Um, and again, like you were saying, this is not every African American, but stereotypically. Not, yeah. You know what I mean? It just, you see those personalities. Yeah. And then, in, and for others, they just assume all brown people act like that. Yeah. You know, why do you think it is so hard to get a job? Um, yeah. So I, so I understand both sides, but I think that, that has a lot of truth to it for sure. Um, or how like, you know, Africans are perceived as always in, um, in like the corporate world or having, you know, more six figure type of professions. Yeah. Like less versus... so in like this, less so like in the blue collar industry. Exactly. Like service jobs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, yeah. but yeah, interesting. Um, another example, entertainment. Um, yes. I don't know if you, if you want to touch on this too. Um, but I remember specifically, um, when get out came out, Everybody watched it, I'm sure. And the main character, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Daniel Kaluuya is um, black British. He's actually from Uganda, born and raised in Britain, but his parents are from Uganda. Um, and Samuel Jackson really felt some type of way about him not being American and getting an American role. Um, so much so that so confusing. <laughs> I know, right? It's so much that he mentioned this on Twitter saying, or he went on some TV show and was just saying like, you know, why do these black British people, you know, get um, American roles? Like, it would have been better played by an American. And, you know, Daniel's response to that was, you know, I have to prove to everybody else that I'm black. I shouldn't have to prove that same point to black people, too. Exactly. 
And to me, it was, it was just interesting because I specifically remember the last King of Scotland where Forrest <laughs> Whitaker played a Ugandan president. Right. And shout out to, you know, to Forrest Whitaker. I think you did an amazing job in the movie. But it's just like at the end of the day, like they didn't give that role to an African. So it's like Samuel Jackson. What do you have to say about that? Um, and why are you know, why are we fighting over this? At the end of the day, to me, I saw there's a, an amazing black man who played this role, whether it be American, African or whatever you are. And they did right. a great job. And the world really did see that. But they weren't like, oh, it was because he was black British or it should have been American. They were like, it's just a black person. Right. Um, yeah. Um, e- that conversation also was coming up, especially for um, Black Panther as well. Right. I was reading articles of, you know, some... Some had opinions saying that there weren't enough people from Africa on in the cast or, mm-hmm. you know, weren't part of um, like the um, the album, the music album for the oh, yeah. film. Okay. They said it was just way it was just like all TBD, basically, or just yeah. um, TBD. Um, TBD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to laugh. Sorry. <laughs> Um, um, but to me, I, sorry to cut you off, but I was just like the same thing about the whole Samuel Jackson argument. It's like, at the end of the day, is that really relevant? Like, I think, no, right. I think the bigger takeaway is like, you see someone who's brown on screen, who's able to have the opportunity, you know, to do this film or play this role. Um, but then maybe we're, maybe I'm just being naive or I'm not looking at the, uh, you know the bigger bigger picture but what were you gonna bring up yeah I was gonna say I think um to your point at the end of the day right it's just it's very talented black people play those roles and they all did an amazing job and you know I don't know the politics of it I don't know if there were more Africans that were talented who were qualified to play the roles I don't know if the movie company looked into that I don't know what the selection was but to me I saw an American-based film and they chose top talent based in America to act roles on the film, you know what I mean? And it worked mm-hmm. out pretty perfectly. And not to take sides on the company or anything, um, but I just think when some of those arguments come up, it's like, well, who was conducting the business at the end of the day? What were they trying to achieve? And I think they really achieved that very well. And then yeah. to the album comment, I thought that's interesting because the album is very much full of South African rappers. Yeah, I wish I had written down the... It was on, actually, Blavity, the article. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, Hmm. was it Blavity? I read too many (laughs) back-to-back. So maybe it wasn't. So I'll (laughs) definitely put that in the uh, description box. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was hosted by TDE, but he had, like, a lot of South African rappers on there because I had to look up the artists. I'd never heard of them. Oh, okay. most of them were... Yeah. So yeah, I just thought it was well balanced and just specific to the film. It it really was a, a diverse mix of multiple African cultures and traditions. It wasn't just right, one. Right. So to right. me, if you're just trying to do a, a a big pot to mix up all the different cultures and whatnot, like to me, is as good as it gets. So yeah, yeah. But I yeah. Agree, yeah. Great movie. Um, I finally watched it, by the way. <laughs> you did. You need, you should have told me this offline. We should talk oh, you about know this. I had to like save my embarrassment. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, I want to know how you felt about it. 
Oh, see, the people didn't know that. So you just ratted yourself out. <laughs> but what did you if what did you think about it? Do you think it was a great representation of both Africans and African Americans? Or did you see sort of the undertone sort of messages happening between the two? I have I thought it was I thought it was a good representation. I thought that um I don't know. I have to remember that it was it was a, a fantasy movie based on action, but I think that what they were trying to achieve was great, um, which is you know, sure a great image of the land of the black. You know what I mean? The black men, which I think that that narrative is never really shown very well in um, popular culture. Um, that's usually somewhere in the modern world, and not. A pleasant place that everybody can relate to so it was nice that they finally depicted like a, a home for the black community and mm-hmm. everybody has like a high respect for that home in that space now yeah and you know even the black community is saying things like wakanda forever you know what i mean like so i liked i really enjoyed that about the film i think the acting was really well i think the graphics were really well and i think the outfits were really nice too okay okay yeah Okay, so yay for watching it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think outside of entertainment, sort of the biggest environment, so to say, that I personally have been able to see, you know, the two differences um, in the cultures is definitely in education. Education, in school. um, Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I think when I was talking to my mom about it, um, not too long ago, she was just, she made the good point of, and this is how we were raised, of education is everything, is number one. If you're not educated, you know what I mean? It's just, you're not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah. And for us, me speaking um, as a Haitian American and from the Caribbean islands versus speaking for Africans or Africa, um, we yeah. do have similarities, but I'm not trying to say like all Africans are like this, but... So, yeah, because we're raised as education as the number one priority, for us, that's the bare minimum. And coming to America and saying that that's not the bare minimum or as enforced here in the U.S., especially within the black community, it's something Mm -hmm. that others do look at as in, like, well, you're not truly taking advantage of trying to be better or, like, learning the system or whatever it may be. Um, It's almost as, like, my personal experience is, you know, as a kid, when I was younger, of because of the way I talk and because of my passion for education, I was an Oreo or I was quote unquote white versus just being educated. Yeah. And I think those are some of the differences of how the two um, communities look at that. Yeah. And, and I think sort of it's a sort of a stem of where like the superiority or the the sense of being better, even though that's not right. Um, but I think that's really where I see the feud. It's like a little home base. Um, but, um, yeah, to add on to that point too, I think you bring up a really good point with education. Um, and what I was thinking about while you were talking, while, while you were talking, excuse me, is I think it just fundamentally comes back down to like cultural values and what, yeah, cultural values that are instilled on each side. I think at least from where I come from, um, which is Zimbabwe, like education is a huge part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's not an if but so maybe it's a must and not only that like both Zimbabwean moms are going to tell you what you're going to become because they have an idea of the image that they want to keep within the family, right? They want to be mom of a doctor. They want to be mom of a lawyer. They want to be mom of an engineer. Um, you know, a little biased on that, but it's like those were those. That's how high they're ranking in terms of like expectations for their kids' careers. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, sweetie, it's okay. You can do whatever you want. No, you're going to become a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. I don't I don't see that as much in uh, the African-American community. And I'm not saying that Africans are better because of that. But again, they just come from very different views on education. And Mm -hmm. here there's so many in America, there's so many more ways you can get an education and you don't have to become a doctor, an engineer or a lawyer to become something. Right. And I feel like I come from a place where the resources of getting education are very limited and they're very, very traditional. You have to go to a brick and mortar school. Um, right. There's really, you know, rarely any online opportunities or any trade schools or things like that. It's like, go to, you know, grade school, you go to high school, you go to college or university, you would call it. Um, there's no like community college or things like that. So, um, but yeah, I was just thinking about that while you're saying, I think it just fundamentally just boils down to what each of the cultures really truly believe in and what they instill in each other cultures. And I think African community like lives off of education it's very important Um, right and i'm not saying that it's not important african-american community i just think that it's instilled a little bit differently right um yeah and um when i was at sac state they have a program called the cooper woodson college enhancement program and basically it helps um students of color make it all the way through college and and graduating you know from from coming in as a freshman all the way to as a senior. And yeah. in that group, it was mostly Africans, um, but it was a, a little diverse group um, of all of us um, with different cultural backgrounds. And there were multiple times yeah. I did bring up this conversation because you could feel it, you could see it, you could, s- I feel like it's just like, uh, almost like a bad taste in the mouth sometimes when African-American walks in the room or says something ignorant you know what I mean? Yeah. They might not know or be well informed, but at least they're trying type of thing. So I just yeah. always ask, like, where does this anger come from? What's going on? And I feel like yeah. what constantly comes up is outside of the the point of education as well. But like Africans leave extreme poverty and other challenges in their country to come here for a better opportunity. Right. While African-Americans already live here and have those same opportunities, but are not progressing in the same um, amount of speed or time as others who come come from elsewhere and starting all over. And this is sort of what Chaz and I were talking offline that he recently brought up is that um, even though that may be true, the thing that African-Americans feel like Africans are understanding, the system is built for them to fail. So even, and it's like, it's not only a system built for failure, but this is has been ingrained over the generations. So by it's that, not mean something for that, that by, go ahead. By failure, you mean it's, it's meant for black people to fail? Yeah, for black, yes. Okay, okay. Black people to fail and um, 
and I guess the the, the feud sort of comes of feud comes from Africa for Africans not not necessarily appreciating but fully accepting and understanding all that okay. African Americans fought for and have been able to accomplish up to this day. Right. Because it's been like a long journey. Um, so it's just like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like I understand both sides, but there's still this, at the end of the day, yes, the system is built for us to fail, but then what are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep telling us how it's built for failure or are you going to try to do your own thing, beat the odds, keep pushing, not give up? Like, I feel like on both ends, African Africans and African-Americans, a commonality that we all have is just the strength and the okay. strength and ambition and endurance to work through things. Right. And to work me, it's like, things. yeah, work hard and keep pushing. Like, yeah, they, they don't love us. They don't care about us. They steal our ideas that whatever, all this stuff that does happen but we keep pushing through. We're still here. So if we know yeah. how to still survive, okay, so now what? It is unfair. Now what? They've been killing black people on the streets. Now what? Um, yeah. So I think you- even even the conversation about like marching and things like that or rioting um, and just seeing how like, at least, you know, for my mom, I was talking to my mom about it. She's like, oh yeah, I've never protested or anything like that um in the Mm -hmm. u.s um Mm -hmm. and just and just not really understanding the purpose of it or the importance of it or what the outcomes of marching does um because at the end of the day her mindset is well i'm gonna just keep working i'm gonna keep doing me like you know with all these injustices so Yeah. yeah i don't know I don't know how that could be fixed or like that, but sort of what you were mentioning as the end goal of this conversation is really saying like, hey, we do have our differences, you know? Right. We're still and we on always the... will. Yeah, we always will. This will never change. <laughs> um, and that I guess there's the African-Americans are always going to strive to finding their roots and background, even though Africans yeah. already have that. So it's like, yeah. How about we just help each other through that journey? If if it's as simple as fixing, finding out where home is or making our home of ourselves, let's do that together. Let's work on that. Um, yeah, I think you, you brought up some really good points, by the way. Bravo. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I was mm-hmm. trying to clap for you. I don't know if you heard it. It was um, a fan clap. I got it. I got it. <laughs> you got, you got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think to add on to what you said at the end, like, there will always be differences. And I feel like what I've learned too from learning about the two different sides, what each one each one thinks is just, it's really just a big disagreement because both sides come from different places, different worlds with different cultural values by and large. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it's kind of like, you, you don't have, like you should basically we should all try to get along right Mm -hmm. you don't have to understand where the other person comes from if you can't or don't want to but at the very least you should accept that they do exist in your community because they're the same skin color as you Mm -hmm. um and that 
the outside world will treat them just the same as you. You are no better than them and they are no better than you. Wherever from wherever you come from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if, if we focus on that, um, then it'll be a much better outcome. Um, and then well, another thing too I wanted to add was, um, I think this conversation is um, even worse for kids like me who born in another country, an African country, came to America at a very young age, right? I've been here. I've been in America more than I've been in my own home country. Mm-hmm. And during that time, of course, I accepted the American culture and I became American. Like, that's where I live. I step outside the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then when I'm talking to my cousins or my family and I'm doing things, I'm not regarded very much as Zimbabwean anymore. I'm American. Mm. Um, and I feel like most of the time when it comes out, it's more like, oh, you don't do this anymore. You must be American. Kind of like a, like I'm out of spite a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I've also, I experienced this like very recently when I went to uh, Coachella. I was, um, when we pulled up to a hotel, I was staying at the Renaissance in Palm Springs. And there's this guy who's wearing a shirt that said proudly African. So then I walked by him and I was like, oh, hey, proudly African. Where are you from? Uh, and then he said he's from South Africa. I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm from Zimbabwe. So he was standing by the curb waiting for like a cab or something. And then his friend comes out of nowhere from behind him um, and overhears me say that I'm from Zimbabwe. And immediately he's like, well, you don't sound Zimbabwean. Yeah, so. (laughs) Right. And I was just like. (laughs) And? (laughs) So I have to sound like I'm from there in order to to qualify as being from there. Like that that makes no, that, that logic makes no fucking sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think, and I think that happens a lot in, you know, so like bulk, you know, people who are bicultural or who lived here, but they come from somewhere else. It's like, does your own family start to see you as not being part of the culture because you've assumed the, the American culture or the African, you know, community itself, you know? And I've had like Nigerian friends say the same thing. They're like, oh, you're not Zimbabwean. You're so American. It's like. What qualifies me as African? What qualifies me as American? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that sort of dips back into our self-identity episode. And I feel when when hearing you talk about it, in reality, I feel like it's as simple as how much of how much of your country's culture that you've kept. Right. Like, obviously, everyone else is going to have a different gauge of, you know, what makes you more or less African or American. But I feel like at the end of the day, you can't you can't let go of facts like you were literally born in Zimbabwe. So it doesn't matter. Certificate. (laughs) Right. So it doesn't matter what anyone's is, you know, they'll just sound ignorant. You know, language. I talk to my Zimbabwean family all the time. <laughs> yeah, like I my mom birthed me in Zimbabwe, so I am Zimbabwean. <laughs> and if you don't and understand that, that I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. My whole family's not American, <laughs> only like half. <laughs> yeah. And so and then the same thing, you know, sort of goes um when I was mentioning um when my parents come to the to the US, like my yeah. dad isn't necessarily seen as quote unquote Haitian Haitian because when he came here he was seven. So he grew up as an American or learning the Americanisms in culture, surviving yeah. yeah. Surviving yeah. the culture. So yeah. um his viewpoints are a lot different um yeah. than most Haitians. 
But yeah. does that make him not Haitian? No. <laughs> that just makes him a, a Haitian that, um, yeah, that, you know, grew up here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, that one always, I think, irks me. And maybe next time someone says to me, I'll, I'll have the time to actually ask, like, okay, so what qualifies me as one or the other? And why are you saying that? Is that to make you feel better about yourself or feel more superior because you feel like you're more African than me? Like, what right. does that even mean? Um, Mind you, we're both at Coachella, so. <laughs> <laughs> what right. are you really saying you know here, I mean? sir? Yeah, and. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not fresh off the plane from Zimbabwe. <laughs> right. Anyways, yeah, that always pisses yeah. me off by far. Um, yeah, yeah, I think we could take a quick break and wrap okay. up the convo when we get back. But I think we made some good ground. Um, yeah, good ground did. on solving the issue? No, but at least communicating and sharing a different perspective on both spectrums. Definitely. Yeah, so we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Indie Things Possible, where independent doesn't mean alone. ITP is a nonprofit who assists independent entertainers and entrepreneurs by providing digital and hands-on professional development, as well as connecting them to business, professional, and community resources to succeed and achieve their career goals. Check out more information on our Facebook and Instagram page, Indie Things Possible, I-N-D-I-E-T-H-I-N-G-S-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. Again, Indie Things Possible, where independent doesn't mean alone. And we are back, y'all. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we're talking all things within the African American and African uh, studies discussion. Those two beautiful communities. Correct. And that I love with all my heart. <laughs> all the love, y'all. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it would be great to sort of close the conversation with some of the key cultural differences or misconceptions um, that come from the two. Yeah. Yeah, where would you uh, like to start it off at? The first thing I thought about is um, just the, the, the basic fact that Africans generally know where they come from, right? Geographically, where their family roots are in their respective countries. Whereas I think Americans are still trying to figure that out, at least per family. And some people know, some people don't, right? Mm -hmm. So they come from two distinct places. And I also, I always generally feel like Africans feel some type of way, not some type of way, feel sometimes superior because they feel like they know where they come from so they could be better. But Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, again, I think... In a country like America, that does not matter in any regard. We are all black, whether you're from Britain, you're from Jamaica, you're from uh, Ghana, or you're from Philadelphia, or you know what I mean, wherever you're from, we're all still very much black. And the system is purely built that none of us succeed, no matter where we are, where we come from. And the more time we spend trying to say, well, I'm from Africa, I know where I'm from, and you don't know what you're talking about because you're black American. It's like we're taking away that time and energy that could be put into 
you know, building a better community for ourselves and trying to work together to be successful and build generation of success and of, you know, a wealth of success, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that. those are my, my closing re- remarks on the matter. Okay. Um, I think another like misconception that we haven't really brought up or focused on was just like the, the sense of family and, and what the household looks like. I think yeah. with Africans or other immigrants, um, family is very important, very traditional, you know, having the traditional roles played, you know, with the mom and, and the women in the, in the home um, and, you know, the men providing for the family and whatnot. I think, again, going along with your the point you're making with knowing who who they are, where they come from, and sort of their mm-hmm. cultural background. African-Americans are perceived as not respecting the family roles um, or tradition, traditional outlook on them. Um, always like stereotypical, like, oh, if, you, if you're black, you probably don't know who your father is or have ever seen him or barely get to see him yeah. or he's just not yeah. part of that. Um, yeah. Which in some cases, yes, that is true. But I think that's very valid in all cultures. Like my dad doesn't know his dad. Like you know what I mean. He left that, very right. Soon, so. That's fair. That's valid in a, whether you're African or you're black or you're yeah. Yeah. So although that's like a, it, it's it could be looked at as misconception, but I think it's just facts everywhere, and regardless of where you are and where you come from. And I think it's a bigger conversation on the male role you know, versus the cultural background and what communities embrace that role. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Other things, too, of uh, we sort of touched on this, too, and just how they spend money and of how, you know, African-Americans just focus on materialistic items and don't really focus on generational wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy like, you know, Africans come to invest, grow capital and bring it back home. To their countries, um, for, right? To their countries, yeah. Versus African Americans, you know, already got a shoes, clothes, and cars that they need, but you know, that's that doesn't really help them in the future. An You're still running an apartment if you if that. Um and you know, still living paycheck to, to paycheck or depending on government um support and whatnot. So Right. Yes, these and are again, things that go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, yes, these things do happen in the black community, but that's not every black person. And there are black people who are African-American, who are educated, who are investing in, you know, in their in their wealth and, you know, generational wealth and whatnot. We just don't see that in social media, in the media as much. That's not portrayed. You know, what's portrayed is a world star and you know all these reality shows and stuff right like where y'all find these black people from because i don't have those people in my family you know what i'm saying we all went to college so i don't know where y'all find them from right um but yeah those are good points yeah i think it's a point we probably should have added more in the whole conversation too is how the media affects this conversation by and large too like yeah. When you ask Ooh, an African person what they think an American is like, especially a black one, they're going to tell you exactly the one they see on TV. Exactly. Right. Or like Which, stereotypical in the hood or, you know what I mean? And I think right, that. Because that's what. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think I that's. Because just... that's what's. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, I think that's where a lot of our upbringing came 
from in fear of not looking like the stereotypical black person. Like my right. parents made sure, like you know, Sebastian, never sag your pants or mine you know, too. Mine don't too. listen to all this rap music or you know right. what I mean. You're gonna collude your mind, yeah. Was, yeah, that's a good point. Your brain that was that was definitely my mom's point too, for sure, and my dad too. It's like you're not gonna be a stereotype, right? And I get I why, obviously, because you know we're mistreated and we're we, people assume that we're all like that. Um, yeah. But I think that's where sort of the sense of uh, of the better than type of attitude comes from, um, right. from Africans versus African Americans. It's just like immigrants or Africans know how to be polite and have manners in any environment. You know, they're not going to get loud or anything unless it gets to that point. You know what I mean? They're not going to be the ones right. to start this stuff. Is this true right. for all Africans or immigrants? No, it's not. But overwhelmingly it just seems like the generic population it's just that yeah. they're more adaptable to the american culture and just understanding that this is the system and this is how it works so i'm just gonna play the game and get what i can out of it and move forward um yeah. versus african-americans being s- stuck on highlighting how unfair it is and how yeah. you know how it's ruining our people in our community, which is still yeah. valid and true. So I think at the end of the day, we're shining light to this conversation to show that a lot of both points that are, are made from each side might have some truth to it. But I think at the end of the day, Africans or immigrants need to acknowledge and understand the work and efforts that have been done by African-Americans Mm-hmm. as well as, you know, them still on the journey of finding who they are and what home looks like. And mm-hmm. African-Americans just in the same way need to accept that we do live in a system where it is unfair and it it is built for us to fail. Yeah. So how are we going to move forward? Yeah. I think last thing I'll add to is um, for both sides, um, for African Americans, I would say, if you're African American and you don't like Africans, just think about what how your life would be like if you had to move to an African country from America. How would you act? How would you want to be treated? How would you want people to accept you and not accept you? Um, mm. And then um, for the African side, I would definitely say, um, yes, there are a lot of... Um, ignorant americans out there but i think a lot of it just comes from lack of education you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um maybe if you do have a chance maybe try to teach them about where you're from when i was living in zimbabwe i didn't know mexico existed we never talked about mexico um and it wouldn't have been right for me to hate mexicans but if i had learned about mexico you know what i'm saying beforehand i would have known a lot more so maybe just taking a little bit more time just to teach people sometimes about where you're from in a very positive manner um, and encourage them to go visit or to learn more about it so they can have a deeper understanding of where you're from and maybe that will make things a little bit easier for you. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Well said. So yes. Thank you. Ending the conversation, let's continue to empower, elevate, respect each other. Mm, and put some respect um, on that. Put some respect on y'all. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, We'll see what the future entails. (laughs) 
But yes, that is our conversation on Africans and African Americans. We definitely would love to open the conversation to others and hear different yeah. perspectives, of course. And experiences. We love stories. Yes, we love the stories, y'all. So please let us know. But yes, that is that. Now we will be jumping into our share circle. So for today, I really don't have um, much to share except um, it is uh, basketball playoff, American basketball playoff season. For those of <laughs> you guys who are American basketball fans, I, I do have a cousin I have to shout out, Kudakwashi, uh, who lives in Zim. He is a LeBron diehard fan. Yes. This boy probably watches these games at like 2, 4 in the morning. Yes, Every single no one of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, the Cavs um, are playing the Warriors. If you're not familiar, I'll, let me say it more simpler. <laughs> um, where are the Cavs from again? I just forgot. Cleveland. The oh Cleveland my Cavaliers goodness. <laughs> are playing the Golden State Warriors, a.k.a. the Oakland Warriors, in the final championship uh, series of the N- NBA. Um, I just want to tell everyone, if you're not a basketball fan, it is completely fine to become a bandwagon fan. That's what I do every year. Boo! Um, Just because the Warriors are very local to me, and they are playing. So just to support, I become a bandwagon fan at the end. So to all the bandwagoners out there, let's go watch those games. And to all the fans, let's go watch the games. (laughs) Yeah. That's my share for the week. (laughs) I feel like... I feel like I've become more and more, um, I'm a LeBron fan, not only because of Chaz, but because like, just look at this man. He, he has the whole team on his back. Okay. 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 Everyone keeps saying he's not good enough or this and that, or he could have done this better. And he comes back every time even more great than he was before. So it's just like, what more do you have to say about this man? What? Mm-hmm. I'm so surprised. Um, you come from the Bay and you're supporting LeBron. Oh wow. Sorry. I mean, yay, go Warriors. But I just feel <laughs> like <laughs> Y'all be a bandwagoner, but do not be you please don't be a traitor. <laughs> so what's the difference? Because when you bandwagoning on something, isn't it? You you're leaving something. You, you pick fake one leaving. Team to bandwagon. <laughs> oh, so there's rules now. But anyway, I did want to shout out the Warriors uh coach. Um, uh, when he made the the when he publicly responded about the the, the NFL reacting to the national anthem and finding oh, players kneeling to, during the national anthem, correct. And he did a beautiful little spiel on just how no, y'all, that's just a distraction, a way to divide us. First off, the national anthem is yeah. propaganda within itself. To enlist people in the army and whatnot. So, yeah. anywho, if, if you guys are mad about people utilizing their professional platform on making a difference, like, what? <laughs> anywho, I'm not going to yeah. jump into that. But I just did want to shout the coach out because, yes, I almost was starting to root for the Warriors, too. Like, you know what? And they got a coach with a, you know, a head on the shoulder. You tra- trading Ben Wagner. Uh-uh. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I never did it, though. Because I'm still- almost started rooting for You just said you're LeBron. I can't. Anywho. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> My share is. LeBron wouldn't agree to this. And you know Steph First Curry would be like. 
first off, I'm still all about LeBron. All I'm saying is good <laughs> shout out to the Warrior coach who happens to be white and still understand why people are kneeling at the national anthem. It has nothing to do about the flag, y'all. Anyway, we're going to move on from Retizzo's shade on the other line. And Mariah's train <laughs> tendencies. Anywho. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but yes, my share this week is... Um, is uh, What's my share? <laughs> my share this week is about this mixer I was able to go on this last Thursday... Um, I think I shouted it out a couple episodes ago, but it yeah. was a networking social mixer. Um, and it was hosted by a lot of vendors, um, heirs of threads, WDB, my urban society and a couple others. Um, but it was an amazing event where black professionals or professionals in business or growing their own business or part of someone else's business all attended and it was just a great it was just a great okay i'll give a little backstory i've always wished for an event where it's not a party you don't have to dance or nothing like that but it's where other black people can mix and mingle and just you know learn about what they do and Okay. This and that. And that's exactly what that was. So it was really refreshing to to attend an event like that. Um, apparently, that was their third one. Um, they're definitely going to keep doing it and having more. So those of you who are in the Sacramento area or happen, you know, to like to go to Sacramento throughout the week and weekends, come out mm-hmm. and find this event. It's Black in Business. Um, they're having a brunch, actually, this weekend, this Sunday. Um, but when y'all hear go. this, it'll be too late. Um, oh, I'm going to yeah. try to see. I just have a lot of work to do. So yeah. um, we'll see. But yes, those of you who are black in business, black professionals in any realm um, of work, please hit us up because we definitely love to to hear about it. We want to share um, and share to our peoples, you know? Okay. Yes. I hear that. Hi. But yes, that is um, my share this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and the conversation. Yes. We definitely want to hear from y'all soon. Like tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, y'all. I hope you have a great day. All right, y'all. We're out. Bye. Thank you.